Hello and welcome to the St Joseph's Hospice podcast. We are based in North Liverpool and we provide compassionate end-of-life care to around 200 patients every year. My name is Zoe and over the next six episodes we're going to meet lots of interesting people and find out all about St Joseph's Hospice and its place in the heart of our community. We will be talking to staff, volunteers and families about the hospice and their own personal experiences of it, which we hope will help you to learn more about hospice care and the very special place that is St Joseph's Hospice. So, on to this week's show. Hello, my name's Maxine Armstrong and I'm here at St Joseph's today with three relatives of some of our patients. I'm with Joan, Joan and John. Hello, I'm John, John Power. Um, my wife Alice has been here now for three and a half years. Um, from April the 1st, 2019. And please God, she'll be here for a lot longer. Hello, I'm Joan Bell. My daughter Susie was here for two years until the 13th of August of last year. Hello, my name's Joan Boyle and my son Anthony Boyle, who's 49, he's been here for 16 months. Um, What I wanted to ask you really, all of you, is what did you know about the hospice before you actually came? Did you know anything about it or had you had a previous connection? I knew quite a lot about it. Um... Because we only live over the road, and when and when Father O'Leary was alive, every now and then he'd have a little concert or a party, and we'd come over to those, and then we did a little bit of envelope stuffing, stuffing, you know, a little bit. So we met quite a few uh, members of the clerical staff and uh, other lovely people. So I've always felt very involved with the Jaspers, yeah. So before you came to the hospice then, Joan, with Susie, you actually had a connection already in which you helped, you know, with fundraising things, filling envelopes and things like that, which is quite important. Yes, it is, and uh, I also love to walk in the grounds. How did your loved ones feel about coming to the hospice, John? How did Alice feel about coming to the hospice? Well, Alice didn't really know that she was coming to... to, um to Jospice, but I'm sure she'd be delighted. She would have been delighted. Um, we have known about Jospice for many years since I think uh, I think Father O'Leary first started uh, the Jospice um, in the late 60s or early 70s, and we we heard a lot about it. In fact, we we tried to do little bits and pieces with uh, envelopes and things, and um, Alice. And I actually met Father O'Leary um, some years ago. He was visiting a friend of ours in a nearby parish, Father uh, Father Britt, who was at Holy Family. And that's when we first met Father O'Leary. And um, when Alice was in hospital, they told me that they wanted me to... Um, Alice needed 24-hour care. And I had to find somewhere. And the first place I thought of was Jospice. And I was absolutely over the moon when I found out that was on the Friday. And on the Monday, um, a chap came in and told me that um, Jospice was fine. And we went, we came here on the, um, I think it was on the Tuesday, April the 1st, 2019. And it's been absolutely wonderful for Alice. I'm sure she'd be delighted if she knew where she was. Oh, 
although Alice didn't know she was coming, John, she settled in quite well then, quite quickly, did She settled in very well indeed, yes, yes. And uh, the staff have been absolutely marvellous with her. They, they call her to Lady Alice, actually. <laughs> and, um, yeah, she responds. Um, she responds very well to them. Obviously, as the years have gone by, she's been here now since 2019, but as the as time's gone by, obviously her um, reactions, uh, certainly to me and to my daughter Donna, have um, become more negative. I understand that in the early part of the day, she's very alert um, with the uh, with the staff, with the nurses and the um, and the carers. And um, I, I think it's when I consider, I might be sidetracking here, but on the day she left hospital, the doctors told me that um, they didn't hold out much more than three or four weeks for her. And here we are in three, three and a half years later. I think the date that she came in was significant. April the 1st, she certainly made a fool of them. <laughs> And um, and, as, and I put it down to the grace of God and to the uh, the care, the tremendous loving care that she's had off the staff. When my daughter came in, she was on end of life, and um, she was treated so beautifully and so well by all the staff, doctors, nurses, carers, um, that she survived another two years. The way she was welcomed into here, it was as if. She was coming home, you know, they treated her like a piece of porcelain when she was admitted. How about you, Joan? Obviously your son Anthony is here at St Joseph's at the present time. Have you been kept involved and informed about the practicalities of Anthony's care? Oh, everything, everything, the marvellous. But when um, Tony came in, um, he was only seven stone two. I'd have us, had him as home for two years and had the Palace of Nurses, but they were woodlands, pan- they were absolutely fantastic, and um, they drank here to say, could he come in here? And Debbie said, yeah, you know, he, he could come in here. And when he did come in, he was only seven stone two, which is now nine six. Yeah, he was ill when he came in here, but now, you wouldn't believe it was the same person. So the communication's been really good then oh, with the God. staff. Have you been able to personalise Anthony's bedroom or anything like that? How have you found that, you know, with photographs and things? Yeah, Tony's is just, um, as Debbie came in the other day and said, when are you going to make this place homely? It's just like walking into his living room. He's got all his videos, his guitar, his pictures on the wall, everything. He's got everything. Um, At one stage, he didn't want to stay. After about a couple of weeks, he, he, he said to me one day, I don't want to get better, Mum, because they'll send me away. Oh, oh, bless him. So how have you found um, visiting a loved one at the hospice then, John? You come to see Alice every day, you and John. We come every day, every day, yeah. And how have you found that? Are you made comfortable and while you're Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I sometimes feel uh, as though I feel a bit guilty sometimes. We're always made welcome when we come in. A lot of banter with the nurses, or are you here again? That sort of thing, you know, the carers. And um, but it, it's absolutely marvellous. Um, and before COVID, uh, before the lockdown, we could go into the kitchen, make a cup of tea, a cup of coffee, and we used to have a meal at lunchtime. But of course, that has to stop at um, at lockdown. 
And uh, but we still get cups of coffee brought to us when we uh, when we require them when we need them. The hardest part of the visiting visiting is uh, is going home. Obviously, that's the hardest part of the day for me and for Donna. It's um, you know, to tear ourselves away is really hard work. But at the same time, we know that Alice is in good hands, and we have no need to worry. Only last night, I um, I was worried, and I rang back. We only left here at a quarter past six, and I was a bit worried about Alice. I thought she wasn't well, so I rang back at um, uh, about half past seven. I wanted to speak to the staff before they went home, and they were absolutely marvellous. They said, she's fine, don't worry. And I, I knew, I don't know why I worry, but I do, because she's in excellent hands. As, uh, they're, yeah, they're brilliant with her. Yeah. Yeah. Natural. As long as you're made to feel comfortable whilst you're oh, here as well. Absolutely. And you have a really good communication, line of communication yeah. that you obviously have when, with the staff you here. Uh, you feel like, because you've been at home with them and looking after them like you yourself, and you feel as though you're, their arms are going round you. So they're looking after you as pa- oh, patients, God, yeah. relatives as well. I come every day and parents. Tony's been in here for 16 months. You obviously feel but comfortable I love it. to it's come, like home, family, come every day. It's exactly what I thought. Yeah, it's like your family. Like my family, and yeah. I, to be honest, I, I loved them. I do, and you yeah. just treat them like you know you. Yeah. You're so made. Well, you just feel so at ease with you them. Do, yeah. You can ask and them she, anything. And the girls can't make you feel like that. They've just got a gift. The first day we came, um, having uh, having the back at the back of my mind what the doctor had told me. While the two carers, all members of Shirley and Jan, were, I had to wait outside the room, number two room, and uh, they took Alice in, and they were getting a set up and I was standing outside crying my eyes out this young man came along the corridor about six foot with his sister and he just came didn't say a word just came up put his arms around me and hugged me never said a word and then he went into the room where his mother was and to me that set the tone for Jospice it's just one big family when I come here every day as soon as I step onto that drive, the atmosphere is different. You're in a, you're in a different world altogether. Well, you know your own little world, aren't you? You know, you know what, what you're going to, you know what's going to happen. You go in, girls, oh, I'm not like, you're all right today. You know, they're asking about you, you know, as well. And then um, tell you about Tony and then, and then Tony will come in, go in. I got a big smile on his face, you know. And they'll have a bit of banter with him, and he doesn't talk now, so he can't have it back. But um, we know what he—he's got big smiles on his face. Yeah, he's—he's. He's, uh, but he's, he'll tell you if you went over now, he'd say, "I love us, I love it, Mum," because as home, there was only us, you know. Uh, but the people he sees now, because they're in and out all the time, the girls—he's never left alone, you know. The in and. I mean, even when I'm sitting there, they'll come in and they'll go, you come for your toe, you this toe and that, you know, and uh, he'll just say, yeah. <laughs> so, John, you mentioned coming onto the drive, obviously, at the hospice and how you feel when you get here. Do you think our grounds and how beautiful they are oh, is important to people? fantastic. Um, in the summer and the spring especially, it's, um, it's marvellous walking up that drive. Um, when the weather's good, of course, we, we drive up, we get the taxi right up. But um, usually when the weather's dry, Don and I will uh, stop off at the lodge and walk up. Uh, it's a bit spooky, this weather. <laughs> but um, in the summer, 
I know, there's something about the the atmosphere seems to go spread right down to Winter Road. Once you step onto that drive, you're in a different world altogether. And when the taxi drops me up, they'll always say, oh, I haven't been here before, you know, and they look at in a maze and, you know, and they say the grounds. Well, and I take Tony out in the ground when it's a nice day, like he does, he does go out in the ground, but he hasn't been out, like, for a couple of weeks now. The grounds, I find... Um, I suppose solace is a bit strong of a word. It's it's peace, it's peace. and I like the, the the stations of the cross. And there's a little bench there. And on special days, like anniversaries and birthdays, I'll come and sit there. And it, there's nothing like it. I could be sitting anywhere else, but I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Our family support worker Jan. Have you met Jan, John? I have indeed. Yes. She's been to see Alice as well. She has. Yes. Jan was, was there, you know, she's, she's great. She really knows her stuff. But, uh, the first day, she just introduced every... You know, she came to all of us, didn't she, and just said who she was. And it was just like I'd known her years and I'd only seen her the second day. And, and she does she does comfort you. And you've only just got to say, uh, like, Tony wasn't well. It wasn't anything to do with his illness. He just had a cold. But she came and she said, Tony's not well. I said, it's Tony a cold. You know, I know he says he's looking for attention, you know. And, <laughs> uh, but, she, you know, she just comes. If she thinks, you know, you're struggling or anything like that, she's there. She's there. Yeah. Oh, she'll just come in the room. She'll go, can I sit here? You know, and, you know, and you feel really like you've known her years. Friend, yeah, yeah. She's yeah, lovely, yeah. lovely. Just um, the hospice has a lot of ways, obviously, that families can celebrate life of uh, obviously your loved ones have you any of you actually been to the light up a life service at christmas time yes any I, of you been? I did last year i came last year and i'm coming this year and also um my brother was um a volunteer here and um he died in august yeah he was one of our volunteers wasn't he and he they brought to... some back with his name from his friends that's planned to drown there, you know, and that's after Keith's gone, you know, they just support you and they're always saying to me, are you all right, are you all right? You know, when I am all right here, you know. Yeah, but volunteers are very important here at the oh, hospice, yeah. John, God, yeah, you know. Yeah. We couldn't manage without them, could we? No, because we no, And no. We, have, we have so many, and as you know, we've, and you I think, and I have had conversations yeah, about yeah. how important Keith was and yeah. the work that I did here And I would us. myself, I would volunteer myself. Yeah, but obviously you're looking after Tony at the moment, aren't you? Yeah, so, no, and yeah. I would, I would, would though, just pay back. Yeah. Keith yeah. did a cost of my dad. When yeah. my dad was in, my dad only come in for a week and he was in for four months. And then um, when my dad died, my dad liked to bet and things like that. So Keith decided he'd start the glossary off. Yeah, you know, yeah, about that. The lottery, and, and some of the nurses now are on the front of the, the booklets uh, that are still here now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, anything, God, anything they get, they, they well, well deserve, don't they? Yeah, oh, well definitely. deserve. Definitely, definitely. So I'm going to ask you all an individual question now to answer each, if you can. In what way do you think the hospice has helped you the most, then? Do you think well, it's in the support they've given to you, or a mix of the support they've given to you and Donna and Alice, or is there something particular? It, it's the support the they've given important? to all was really, also the fact that... Um, well, I, I think the way they've treated Alice has been absolutely outstanding, because um, people will say to me... Um, How's Alice these days? And I say, oh, she's fine. And they're surprised that she's still around, quite frankly. And how long has she been in Jospice now? And I say, three and a half years. They say, good Lord, that's a long time. And I think to myself, that's a strange answer, that, a long time, because 
I know a few of the patients have been here even longer than others, and the longer the better, as far as I'm concerned. It shows that it's working, that they're doing something. All of us know that my loved ones, some of them have thrived here. So what what was most important to you then, do you think, Joan? Was it? Oh, it was the answer to a prayer. We'd prayed and we'd almost begged for her. The situation here was, you know, it was always full. But when she became so acutely ill, it was just a phone call and she was here the same day. And from then on, I've always felt very comfortable and trusting, you know, I, I trust them and I know that they, she'll be all right. She wasn't able to ring a bell or anything, but the door was always open and staff were always around. And they were also very kind. This is not to do with it, really, but it was locked down. And I was lucky, I suppose, that Susie was on the ground floor. And I could, well, it was very cheeky, really, but I did sit outside for a while. And you used to sit outside the window, didn't you, Joan? I do remember coming to work, and there you would be sat looking at Susie through the window. And they'd move the bed for her so that so I could, could see her. Oh, yeah. Well, I could <laughs> see her, I don't know. Yeah. Perhaps if she could see me, but uh, yeah. that brought me a great deal of comfort. But then it, COVID put a stop to that, really, yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. So in what ways the hospice helped you the most then, Joan, do you think? Well, I didn't expect to have Tony now. Being so, yeah. And, you know, he's just so happy. He's just so happy and... This, the illness Tony's got is the 16 people in the family with this, and they're amazed that Tony is the way he is. Yeah. And it's through the care and attention of him and the love he gets. Of course, for us here at St Joseph's, it's a privilege for us to look after your um, it's a loved privilege ones. For us to be in here. <laughs> it is definitely a privilege for yes, us to look after is. your loved ones, and we're very thankful that you came along today to um, obviously share your thoughts with us and obviously your opinions about St Joseph's and um, we're obviously here if you need anything and you, I'm sure that you all know that and the staff will be very grateful for the kind words that you've shared with us today. Okay. So just to add, the doctors too were wonderful. They really were. Um, if There was always one available and Dr Furness would come in three times a week. Uh, his attitude and his kindness and his... They would send Susie, because she couldn't um, communicate at all, but she would have pain, and if they couldn't get to the root of the pain themselves, they'd send her for hospital tests, just above and beyond, you know. I'd just like to say that we've been associated with Jospers for many years. From the very outset, I can remember my wife's cousin talking to me, and he'd been approached by Father O'Leary about starting the, the hospice. I think he'd just come over from Peru at the time, and that's how far back it goes. I don't know exactly the year, I'm sure it was the late 60s. And over the years, we've we've heard about the efforts that he's made and, and the, the, um, the things that he's done. One of the workers here remembers Father O'Leary very well, and he was telling me that Father O'Leary actually gave up, often gave up his own bed to take somebody in when, when there was nobody, no more room. And uh, we were coming here... We remember the first Light for Light when they had a big Christmas tree all lit up around. We came here for a couple of years for that. We also remember the efforts of Father O'Leary to make this place what it is now. And I just hope his name doesn't get forgotten because I think he should be a saint. 
So obviously Father O'Leary started the hospice and we're all here now so that we can help it continue providing that specialist care that people need and as I said we're very proud of St Joseph's Hospice and obviously what it's achieved mm. and looking to the future um, we're obviously here to look after our community as we promise, we now have 31 beds, so we do have a little bit more room, Joan, than in the earlier years. And I hope that you know, you're know you happy with the care that you've had here and that we as a, an organisation can continue giving that care to our community and especially our patients and their loved ones and relatives and friends as well. So once again, thank you for coming along today. It's been really lovely to chat to you all. So my name is Jen Pritchard, I'm the family support worker here at St Joseph's. I've been here since August and I'm here with lovely Alice today to speak about her experience at the hospice, how she's been cared for here and a little bit about her journey. So if you'd like to say a little bit about yourself, Alice. Well, my journey started in April because of my illness. The hospital can't help me because... If they go to do anything to the heart, the chest is going to fail. Mm. If they do anything to the chest, the heart's going to fail. So it's a catch-22 situation. Mm. Basically, nothing can be done. One or the other is going to give out, but we don't know which one, and there's nothing we can do about it. Mm. To get the best care, um, my family sat, we sat down as a family, and my sister explained to me, that she was terrified that she was going to find me in one of these fits, dying in front of her, and she couldn't take that. She couldn't live with that. So we came to the conclusion that the only thing would be I'd have to go into care to people who could deal with these episodes when they happen. My sister obviously would be panicking when she saw me not being able to get a breath or anything. It's not a case she could go to a medicine cabinet and get a certain tablet out and give it to me and helped me to breathe. Mm. She didn't have those facilities. So I was then brought up, have a look around, see what you think, be truthful. This mm. was the big thing in the family. You must be yeah. truthful. If you don't like it, there's something you're not happy about, you must open your mouth. There's no lies. How did you feel about that, Alison? You like the word hospice and what were your what thoughts about it? I think because... I've cared for people most of my life. I know what the word hospice means and I know the reason for it. I'm 82 years of age. I've had a good life. And, okay, it's going to happen. But it could happen in a different place to this, where I'm not happy. Mm. My family's not happy. Where at the moment I've got a beautiful room. Mm. My family have bought me some beautiful bed clothes, which is causing... Quite a stir. They are beautiful. Yes. <laughs> um, a beautiful lamp and little things like that, all yeah. from home, mm-hmm. to make it more homely for me. The people here do the best they can. They're not your carers. They are your friends. Mm. They will do anything for you. That's how it's worked. Yeah, just that time. Here, they don't make a big deal out of you having a bad day. Mm. Everything revolves around you. You're not having a good day. Okay, sit down. Let's see what we can do about it. Mm. Maybe you're just feeling a little bit lonely, missing your family. But these people here have been chosen, in my opinion, to look after the people because of their own personalities. Yeah. 
their own understandings and they're people who have seen life. So So they always give you that time and that and that space as well sometimes. Time as well. is a great thing. Yeah. And do you have any other special visitors, Alice, that come into the <laughs> to see you? I have a special visitor and his name's Paddy. Um, who's and Paddy? Paddy happens to have him four feet and a tail. <laughs> and Paddy goes around and loves everybody. Yes. He goes from room to room mm. and he spreads the love. Oh, it's nice that, you know, you do welcome, you know, dogs in, don't they? I've seen another oh, little dog in Paddy's not a dog. Oh, sorry. I Paddy's not a dog. <laughs> Paddy is a dignitary. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> yes. When he comes to the door... If it's not open immediately, he will scream and everybody knows Paddy's here. Yeah. Because that's the noise he makes when he can't get in. <laughs> it's nice that he brightens everyone's day, though, doesn't Oh, he makes well. the day. Alice, you know, apart from the, the medical care that you receive, and um, who else do you see, you know, while you're here in the hospice? The kitchen staff yeah. are really lovely, mm. especially... When they do food and they come up and they will say, you're having omelettes today and Mm. you don't like omelettes. They will go out of their way Mm. to find something for you to eat. Mm. You tell me what you want and I will get it for you. She came up one day and I was just out of the game. I didn't know what I wanted. Mm. I didn't know whether I was hungry or what. And she said, you know, just think of anything and I'll make it for you. And joking, I said to her, oh, I'll have pancakes done with lemon. She said, sure you will. Mm. That lady went away and she made me three pancakes with lemon and brought them back to me. And that is the care you get. Mm. That kitchen staff who go out of their way Mm. to make sure that I had a full meal that night. Mm. So it's not only just medical care you're getting. Anybody passing you... On the corridor, the handyman always says hello. The doctor, on his way into work, on his way out to work, always says hello. It's not just a medical staff. It's not just a medical facility. It's a caring facility. It's not a hospital, but anything medical needed is here, which I think gives that wrong impression. But the way people are cared for, it's better than a five-star hotel. You can't buy it. It's the t- I think it's the time, isn't it? As you, you've meant, touched on that before. And it's the not time. Not every other place has got the time. I and think. the attitude. Mm. And it's the attitude to people. So, Alice, could you just briefly summarise about, you know, what St Joseph's Hospice has meant to you and, and your family? What it's meant to me, it's put me in a safe environment where my family know I'm in a safe environment. Mm. I'm cared for, and I'm cared for by people who are not doing it for the money. That's the difference here. You can't buy the service you get here. It's better than any five-star hotel. It's better than any private hospital. All I can say is thank you. I am so well looked after, and I'm blessed to be looked after by these people, and that's all I can say about it. Thank you for listening to the St Joseph's Hospice podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. If so, please help us to spread the word by sharing it on social media. 
Before we go, we would love it if you would leave us a review. And if you have a burning question about hospice care, let us know and we'll try and answer it in a future podcast. To find out more about St Joseph's Hospice, to make a donation or to volunteer for us, you can find out more on our website at www.stjhospice.org.uk. To make sure you catch the next episode, please subscribe to this podcast. Bye for now and we'll see you next time.